really should do for me. What? Come here. What? Win. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Tim Gaither Podcast, episode 28, 29. I'm not sure because uh, I've done two in a row without uploading them. It's uh, kind of a long, stupid story, but anyway, I uh, apologize for that, but this is episode 28, and my guest today is going to be a friend of mine. His name is BT, and he's a comedian. He's also a former wrestler, and you guys know what a wrestling nerd I am, so... uh, so I'm about to call him here and talk about uh, comedy and wrestling, and he's a big motocross fan and uh, just a good dude. So I'm going to give him a call and uh, I'm start this sucker. Hope you guys are doing good. <laughs> hey buddy, how you doing, BT? I'm doing great, buddy. How about you? I'm good, man. Um, actually, a couple of minutes late. I was trying to impress you and be right on the nose, but <laughs> <laughs> well, let's put it this way: if you're a wrestler, they would be like, uh, Matt number two, we're waiting on Gaither. Matt two, Gaither. Were you, uh, were you that kid? Did you ever, did you ever miss a, a match or not realize you were almost up and then call you? Because I was never that kid. I always knew exactly how much time I had until I got until I was getting ready to wrestle. It's funny you say that because honestly, like until I just said that, I was only going to my junior year. I was wrestling in, in regional of all the places not to be late. It was a regional. It was my regional. Uh, Constellation semis. If I would have won that, I would have went to state. And for some reason, I was waiting to go, I should be wrestling. Then I saw the guy was going to wrestle. And he started running through this mat. And I go, hey, that's him. And they show, oh, man, we're doing And that was me. And I went there and I wasn't ready. And I got my ass handed to me. <laughs> so, yeah. So, yeah. So, so, to answer your question, uh, only one. But it, it was a, it was a needed one. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny, man. Um, it's funny now. It's funny now. It wasn't funny back in 1985. I was getting my ass whooped. <laughs> 85. So that, uh, um, so you pretty much just told us how old you were. I didn't know if I should ask or not because BT is one of these guys who, if if I didn't know any better, he'd be 25. But since I do know better, the motherfucker could be 60. He's one of them black dudes you just don't know. <laughs> well, I was a junior in 85, so, you know, I mean, still. You know, I mean, you know. But hey, well, other than how you feel, and, and, and other than my hip and my back, I'm still 25. Yeah, I, I feel pretty good too. Uh, I, I had a shoulder surgery um, about a year and a half ago, and it was my good shoulder. And then I and, and then I went skiing, and uh, now it's my fucked up shoulder again. Oh, you know what, man? Honestly, it's like my daddy still goes, "You'll uh, you, you just won't learn, will you?" And it's like, me personally, I just do it so I get hurt and then I get well and I'll do it again. I mean, it's just like I could, I could do 
something and get hurt and just sit on the sideline going, I might get hurt. You know what I mean? Yeah. And and it's so, uh, <laughs> you know, it's funny. I, I, I hurt my shoulder again, so I was telling, or my ribs rather, and I was walking yesterday and uh, telling myself, it's okay, man. It's okay, man. Just give yourself a couple of weeks off and, uh, and, and just let your body heal. You've been working out almost every day for six or seven years. You got to calm the fuck down. And, and by the time I got halfway through this walk, I saw this bench. And all of a sudden, I, before I knew it, I'm doing push-ups off the damn thing. And I'm like, what are you doing? You just told your dumb ass five minutes ago. <laughs> That's how it goes, brother. Yeah. That's how it is, man. Um, We're all the wrestlers, man. Who's still... And our heads think we still got it, you know? Yeah. Um, and I still do got it for about 30 seconds. <laughs> <laughs> You're about more than me. I mean, 10 seconds, man, shake. Matter of fact, the funny thing about it, I swear to God, you think I'm joking. Like, I'm taking up a cycling lake, and I, I actually order these, uh, these pills that are supposed to uh, put more oxygen in my blood so I can have greater endurance. I mean, I'm still ordering shit like that. Yeah. Yeah, I, I still I still convince myself I'm 42 now, and I still convince myself that I'm gonna wrestle in one more tournament before I die, one of those uh, one of those old timer tournaments, and uh, I, I think I think I can still do all right. I mean, as far as I got a nasty headlock, and I'm a great staller, so. <laughs> Oh, dude, I was the best, man. Dude, I was I was thirty and zero my senior year, and had uh, I only had like twenty seven takedowns, but I only had like I only had like four against me. Um, I had a knack for getting up by five points, and then I had a an even better knack for fucking stalling it out. <laughs> I was I was tough as shit with a lead, but I was not a. That is great. I was I was not a comeback guy. I was uh I would get a lead and hold that sucker. My my brother, my brother was one of those guys that my dad would holler shit at him like you you blew it, it's fucking over, shit like that. And, and my brother get all fired up. And if he said that shit to me, I was like, well, fuck it then. I guess it's over. And <laughs> and I just stopped on his ass. Um, yeah, the last time I saw you, we did that, uh, was that the last time I saw you when we did that RTC thing together? Yeah, because, you know, it's like, yeah, because, you know, we, we both, uh, we both headline and we're both doing the same kind of stuff, so it's, you know, that's the, that's the gift and the curse of what we do is, like, we, well, the only time we talk is probably, you know, like now or on social media, you know? Yeah, yeah, you're, you're right about that. I, there's a lot of people I don't get to see as much as I would like to, um, but I, I wanted to tell you this story because you would appreciate it. Uh, I did the RTC thing again for uh, for Ohio State, and I've gotten to uh, because I knew uh, JD Bergman, who was a world team member. I knew I knew him, so he hooked me up with some commentating things, and then I got to uh, meet Coach Ryan. So, I, long story short, I did their RTC thing again, and he came up to me and he goes, Are "You going to the Olympic trials?" And I was like. Nah, I don't think I'm going to be able to. And he's like, well, you can go if you want, and I'll get you a ticket. He goes, hell, you can stay with me. 
and I in my hotel room, and I don't even really know Coach Ryan. He's the head coach of fucking Ohio State. Can you imagine a head coach of a Division One football program just being like, basically to a stranger, being like, "You can stay in my room with me." Um, <laughs> yeah. So, so I'm like, I I, I wasn't gonna go because it wasn't. It wasn't really feasible, and then I went back to my room, and I thought about it a little bit, and I'm like, dude, that guy was coached by Dan Gable. He's the head coach at Ohio State. You know, the, he's the head coach for Kyle Snyder. Um, you know the stories this motherfucker has? You have to do this. So I called his ass the next day, and I was like, yeah, I'll go to the Olympic trials, and I made it work, and uh, and I stayed in the room with him. It, was, it wasn't even awkward, you know, because he's just an old wrestler, and... Uh, uh, what was funny though was I got I got into his room and I got there before he did, and I was looking around and all I saw was one big ass bed. I, I was like, where the, "Where the fuck am I supposed to sleep? I can't." I, coach Ryan, I can't have the head coach of Ohio State come home and I'm snuggled up in his bed, you know. So I'm like, "What the fuck am I gonna do? I cannot. I can't do this." But I'm tired as hell, and. uh and then I finally see this stowaway, rollaway bed in the corner, and so I I, I put that up, and uh, and he comes back just as I had, just as I had gotten into bed, and he's like, oh, you didn't need to sleep in, you could have slept in here with me, and I'm like, <laughs> and it wasn't like a weird thing, it was just like he was just such a nice normal dude, he's just like, man, this bed's huge, you can sleep in here if you want. I'm like, nah, man, it's good, I'll I'll sleep over here, but uh, so the motherfucker basically took me to the Olympic trials, and. Uh, it was awesome. That guy's great. If I ever had a kid good enough, I would definitely send their ass to Ohio State. Dude, that, that's, that's cool. That's hilarious and great at the same time. Yeah, and I called my mom from the Olympic trials. I texted her and I said, Mom, I, I brought a singlet and I weighed in and I, and, I, and I wrestled and I'm in the finals. And God bless her, BT, she believed my ass. And she was about to, <laughs> she was about to put the shit on Facebook. My, my baby's in the Olympic trials finals. <laughs> And I started to tell her, but then I was like, you know what? If I thought my ha my kid had a chance to make the fucking Olympic team, I I'm gonna let her think that for a couple hours, you know. <laughs> so I did, and uh, and now it's just a good story. But what was it like wrestling in Oklahoma? Well, you know, honestly, I didn't have anything to compare it to because I mean, I was just used to. I mean, honestly, it's like it's weird because you said it because when you're growing up, you, I mean, it's, it wasn't like. You know, it's, I mean, it's like, you know, like we, we, we look at wrestling now. Well, growing up, we didn't have uh, the, the social media. We didn't have this thing. So it was like, uh, you know, I heard Oklahoma was one of the toughest states, but I didn't know because I was already in it. So I was like, okay, whatever. So, um, you know, it was just like, we, we, I just did it. I mean, the only time I think I realized how good we were was uh, my junior, you know, my, my freshman going into sophomore year, I went to the uh, Southern Plains Regional. I wrestled some dudes from like Colorado when I beat them, and I was like, "Yeah, okay." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. Okay. I guess we got some good wrestlers, you know. Yeah, I wrestled in that same tournament when I was a kid, and uh, I remember being all nervous about it. And I wrestled some kids from Colorado and 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 uh, like Texas, and man, they sucked, especially back then. <laughs> <laughs> Year to my junior year, it was Brad Canal, and that kid beat the 
living shit out of me. And he was the nicest kid you wanted to meet. He ended up going to, uh, he ended up going to Iowa State. And he, uh, he wrestled in the 170s, I think, but he never, he never got a consistent starting job. But I saw him on cold circuit TV where Iowa State had a duel against, like, you know, Augustana or some shit like that. And I saw him wrestle, and I was like, good for him. He was the nicest guy, smart kid. His dad, I mean, his whole family was great, but that kid was a fucking beast, and he beat the shit out of me in eighth grade. So, he, he, was like the, he was like the best wrestler from Texas I knew besides maybe, maybe Joe Stafford at 190 from OU. Remember Joe Stafford? I remember that name. Yeah, he, he, uh, he was, uh, he was really good at 90, and uh, he would choke, he would choke at, at the NCAAs, I think his last year, I think he became All-American, but he was a real nice guy at 190, real nice guy. Yeah, a lot of really good wrestlers are really nice guys. Um, and then you get on the mat and, and you're like, hey, buddy. <laughs> and all of a sudden, it's a different motherfucker out there. I you, man. I mean, do I talk about your mom? I'm sorry. Whatever it was, I'm sorry. Yeah. Yeah, trust me. I know, man. My nephew wrestled in college a couple years ago, uh, just for a year. And uh, he, I texted him before his match. And then after the match, he, he texted me back. He goes, that kid had some anger issues. <laughs> I was like, yeah. how'd it go? That's the great thing about it now. If I look at it now, I mean, it sucks in a way because, if, I mean, we talked about this. If we had all everything at our disposal now, knowing what we know now, and could go back in time, oh my God. I think, and I'm not even being cocky, but I really, really think that, man, I think I'd be close. I, I, I know for a fact, I can't say for a fact, but I think I'd be all American, and I really think that, uh, I would have shot at the Olympic trials. I mean, knowing, knowing what I know now, I mean, the, but as far as the mental game goes, because, you know, it's like, I had the physical, and there's only the, the mental, that, I mean, I psyched myself out when I wrestled in the Bucknells in high school. Man, it was Todd Chesbro, his dad coached OSU, and I was like, oh, oh you wrestled him? Know. He's a fucking legend, that guy. Yeah, man, so, you know, I mean, but that's not to say that, that I couldn't have, yeah, I mean, you know, I mean, it, I hate something when I'm dudes that, you know. No, I know what you mean. Well, I'm going to tell you something. I had a broken fingernail. Oh, I would have, you know, hey, I got beat. He, he was a better man, but I just think I would have at least gave him a better match if I was more prepared mentally. So, you know. Yeah, my, my, my dad kind of fucked me up from an early age as far as, like, it was all about winning right from the start, even when I was seven years old, you know, so... That's part of why I developed into such a great staller, to be honest with you, because I, I learned I learned how to win matches, and uh, I learned how to win, and I would beat a guy ranked second in the state, 7-3, to three, and I'd beat a motherfucker who had no business being on the mat with me, 7-3, because um, <laughs> I just wanted to win, but uh, yeah, the mental part of it, um, you know, when you've got it, it's great, it's just like comedy, it, it, there's so many similarities, do you, do you agree with that in comedy and uh, wrestling? Like, for me, mentally, before I go on stage is the exact way I used to feel before a wrestling match. Sometimes I'll be real calm, sometimes I'm too anxious, but for the most part, I'm just kind of, you know, a little nervous, but it's very similar to me, uh, mentally. And sometimes I, I feel so confident, um, and the shows are great, and then when I, you know, I'm a professional now, so even when I don't feel great in the inside, people don't know, but it's... Uh, you know, it, it's the same way. Like, I don't feel like the shows are as good when I'm not as as sharp mentally or when I don't feel as relaxed. And it's the same way when I was wrestling. If I was too tight, I never wrestled like I was capable of, you know. 
Man, it's funny you said that because I remember years ago, at least, uh, yeah, years, years ago I used to get ready for my shows and, and I used to, like, prepare, like, how I, my, my mental goal was, like, Mike Tyson. Mike Tyson came out like an animal. And that was my whole goal when I, when I, in comedy, and probably until, like, the last maybe five years, it was like, it, it would be to come out like, like, old Mike Tyson. So I guess, it, yeah, in a way it was like wrestling. In a way, now, it's funny you say that, man. I didn't think about it until you just said it. But now, like, I have to, the, I have to, I got to mentally mindfuck myself into thinking what, what, I'm, what I'm trying to accomplish on stage. Because, I mean, what, what, make, what I always tell people is so hard about our job. And I don't think so hard. I mean, we work at night, so it's not like we're waking up in the morning. But it's like, to me, what's so, uh, I guess, I guess the hard part about it is, is that we don't have an off season. So every week we're on stage. So which means, I don't know about you, but there's just some places, man, I'm just not as sharp as others. You know what I mean? Yeah. Absolutely. I'm just like, like, I mean, I remember that, that post you said, and it was so beautiful, because you wouldn't tell me where you were. You wouldn't tell anybody where you were, but you, you had head, and you were pissy. <laughs> I, I knew where you were, but you didn't tell me where you were. And you were like, oh, this crowd was stupid. It's one of the worst shows I had. And, and, I, and I go, I think I know what it was, but it's like I know what you were going through because it, it's almost like when you wrestle somebody, and I don't know about you, back, back in high school, I used to uh, like, follow my opponent on the newspaper, by the newspaper, that's all we had. And I go, okay, this guy's like old, over 30, I know he sucks, so I'm not really up for him, you know, to wrestle him like I would be, you know, a dude that I can get a better seating and regional if I beat him right now. So it's like, but week after week after week after week, I mean, there's no off season in what we do. So you're going to be on some weeks, and you're going to be off some weeks, and this is how it is. So in the beginning, yeah, I used to get mentally prepared like I was wrestling in the beginning, but now, now it's just a matter of finding where, where I want to be mentally, which I'm not going to lie, man, it's, it's fucking hard for me now to find out how to get mentally ready for a show now. You know what I mean? Yeah. What do you mean? Like, uh, like how to focus on what you're going to do, or do you have nerves, or what do you mean? anything you're doing wrong i think it the game they, they changed the fucking game on us you know 20 years into this shit <laughs> i 
They're like, they're like, yeah, comedy. We, we, it's great if you're funny, but that's about fourth on shit we need. Uh, what we really need you to do is have a big following and all this shit. Um, and, and the things that people get followings for just blow my mind. I'll never understand. The lady that was paying me at the Denver Improv a few weeks ago was telling me about uh, this YouTube guy who packed the place, $45 a ticket, and he was wearing a fucking onesie and did seven minutes of stand-up comedy and did a meet and greet in the lobby and people paid 45 bucks and it was packed to the fucking walls and I'm like, I don't even know how to compete with that. I don't even know, I don't want those motherfuckers at my show, you know? Oh, oh onesie? Oh, yeah, a grown man wearing a onesie. I don't know what his fucking, what his name is or anything, but... She said the room was completely packed, $45 a ticket. He did seven minutes, BT. I mean, seven. <laughs> God damn. You know? And then we go out and do our job for an hour and basically kill for an hour. And that's not near as valued in stand-up as you would think it would be. <laughs> you know? It's fucking crazy, man. I, I think it would be so bad if from a bitter I've said this before but not even from a bitter stand comic standpoint which we definitely you know have that angle but it's mainly like what the fuck is happening with society you know that that some of these people would would be draws and it's like Larry Mark said I'm, I'm working at the Oklahoma City Looney Bin right now and uh, or I was I'm hanging out for a couple days but he was telling me he was like man some of these younger audiences it's like when they watch a real stand-up show they don't even know what they're fucking watching. Like, they don't even, they, they can't, they they can't get the whole setup, joke, punchline, you know, like, uh, what a real stand-up does. It's like, they they don't even, you know, and I've seen those younger crowds. I don't know if I'm making sense, but they just seem... No, you do. They just seem dumb. And I hate to say that, because I know they're not dumb, but it's just like a different kind of, they give a shit about different things? I don't know, man, but... I used to love younger crowds, and now when I see people that are below 30, I'm like, ah, fuck. <laughs> you know what? I, I feel the same way. I mean, I, I know because, yeah, I, I think that's what has diminished a lot of, uh, maybe that's why I feel the way I feel, because it used to be that way, but I think it's just, and I hate to say it, but man, maybe we got to the point where we're like our parents, or, or that, you know, where you go, oh, you guys just don't know. 
new generation that, that we think we we think we're, we we were in tune with, or we think we're young, and, and and we think young until you see what they're laughing at, and you go, "Are you out of your fucking mind?" Like a great example. They say they say Peyton Manning when it came to his, his rookies, what he would do is like he made them go watch um, Caddyshack, uh, 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 the Caddyshack Animal House, Fletch. And another co- comedy and said, okay, report back to me and, and tell me what you think. And he said, they would come back and go, this was the worst movie I've ever seen. And I go, are you out of your... I mean, that's what he said. And I go, why? And that's... We're just disconnected from him in a way, man. It's like... It, I mean, well, you know, it's like... Maybe that's the reality of what comedy is. And, and we're away from it, man. I mean, and maybe we have to just start... Uh, and just keep doing what we're doing, but for hopefully... I need to still keep coming out to the shows and keep us employed. <laughs> it's not, you know, comedy goes the way of those motherfuckers, you know? I mean, I, I still to this day don't think, and, that, and it's just me maybe being, I don't know if I don't got it now. I, I just don't think anybody under 25, at least where I'm at, it, it has anything, like I don't have anything to worry about as far as club-wise goes. Like, I, I don't know any comic out there who can bring it or who has the, the wherewithal to, to do it like we did it, how we did it back in the day. But comedy's changed, so who's to say? Yeah. You know, I mean, it really has. It's, it's changed so much that who's to say? But I, mean, I just can't see anybody out there really putting their ass on the line and going out there and sleeping in the car and trying to get that dream and this and that. And, yeah, but like I said, that's a cocky point of view. I don't know. I'm not, I'm not 20 anymore, so I don't fucking know. No, I used to, you know, I, I, used, I used to drive four hours to do five minutes, um, yes. just because it was a different stage. I would drive four hours to do the open mic at the St. Louis Funny Bone from Kansas City just because I knew it was important to be funny everywhere, not just in your home club. And when I tell people that, when I tell people starting out that sh- that I used to do that kind of shit, they look at me like, are you fucking crazy? And I'm like, no. <laughs> you know, that's That's how you get good at it. But now people are just like, how do I do it for a living? I'm like, well, that ain't how it works, motherfucker. <laughs> you know? Learn, learn. I tell people all the time, I'm like, I, I'm like, I meet people all the time who have a fucking, they have a website and a business card and a t-shirt and all this. I'm like, you don't have a joke yet, motherfucker. Get a joke. But what do you do, though? That's what I'm saying. Exactly. And I kept going back, and I kept going back. And honestly, I, man, I, 
I mean, I got to, seriously, I give myself a pat on the back for that because, man, I didn't give up, and nobody, you know, lauded me, and that was before the, uh, like I said, before the internet and all that shit, so, you know, I, I feel like I earned that shit, man. I mean, you know, it, I didn't have any friends there, it was just me against the fucking world, basically. Well, and that that kind of thing also gives you confidence in any situation. Like, I still get nervous sometimes, but then I just tell myself, you know, and again, that's a lot of a lot of wrestling. Like, like there are, there are times where I, I feel like, man, I don't remember any of my jokes, and what the fuck am I getting ready to do? I, I'm getting ready to go up in front of 300 people and, and entertain them. I can't even remember my name and shit. And then you and then you get up there, and it just comes out of you the right way. And it's just like when you were wrestling, when you're in it. Somebody shoots in and they take a bad shot and lift their head up. You'll pancake the shit out of them. You won't think about it twice. You know, it's just it's just the way it is. <laughs> you know, it's funny you say that. Because I, uh, you know, I took uh, jujitsu up, up until like about three years ago, before my hips got really bad. And I, uh, and honestly, it was great to get back into competitive nature. I mean, yeah, just competitively. And I just remember. Like, I, I got anxiety, and green, I got beat, I, but I, I was so anxiety, I couldn't breathe, and I had that, and it was, and it was, and, it, and that's what it reminds me of, you know, like, going back to the wrestling days. Yeah. As far as comedy goes, I think the last time I had a, the, that wrestling mentality was when, this was, this was, this year, Super Bowl weekend, I did, I did a show, and it was all, it, it was basically, imagine Boys in the Hood, but on, but on a cruise ship, <laughs> and I did it for this crowd, and, and, man, and, they fucking hated me to the point of, and I swear to God, it was, it was the last night. I literally, I literally was in my room. I had every note out. I had sheets of paper out. I had my notebook out. And I literally was going, God, please. I need this show, please. Please, Jesus, please. <laughs> and I remember, I went, I went on stage. I go, okay, you're going pretty good. And some dude said something. And I had this hand. I go, look, motherfucker. Why don't you come out here and say my fucking face? And I got real quiet. <laughs> like nothing happened so I said okay and that was the rest of mentality picked it over and I finished the show like you know to a decent amount of applause and I got out but it's the last time that rest of mentality <laughs> <laughs> dude I am ashamed of how many times I have threatened audience members <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, you know what? If it comes down to it, I'll just whip your ass, motherfucker. How about that? <laughs> no, do you remember me and you in Louisville, Kentucky? I just remember you're going to stage and you were like, I'm like, Kim, what's wrong? You were like, that fucking miserable motherfucker in the front. And I was like, Kim, 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 you were, you were going to whoop his ass, man. And I was like, I almost had to hold you back. I was going to go on stage and I go, God damn, Kim is really good, Siri. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even remember. I don't even remember that. That miserable motherfucker in the front. I go, you were like, fuck you, miserable motherfucker. And I was like, do I say anything? Or I just go back to my show. Man. Dude, that I quit drinking almost seven years ago. And that's the one thing I don't miss is, uh, like, I don't even, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of remembering that story now that you're telling it. But uh, there's so much shit I don't remember. One time, Billy D. Washington. I had to go, I go, man, Billy, did I go on stage last night? He goes, yeah, you went up. You called the whole crowd cocksuckers at one point, but. <laughs> man, dude, yeah, man, you, yeah. I just remember that, and I go, this is my dude right here. <laughs> so, yeah, I remember that, man. You killed me, brother. You killed me. I just remember that, you miserable cocksucker. I'm like, whoa, okay, okay, Jim. <laughs> 
<laughs> it's I'm kind of embarrassed right now, even hearing it. Like my face is red and no, shit. No, but it was funny, dude. It was like, I mean, I don't know. I mean, you know, the Louisville is okay club, but it was like it was just dark and dank, and it was one in weeks, and and that was probably the highlight for me personally. <laughs> I, were, was I working with you when I was working in Louisville? When uh, I don't think it was you. I was on stage. And Tom Sobel broke in while I was on stage to tell somebody in the audience that, that they needed to call home or that they left their lights on or some shit. And I had only been doing it a few years, and I remember thinking, like, that is the weirdest thing ever. He just like, uh, excuse me, Tim, uh, blah, 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 you need to call home, and blah, blah, blah. And then he was like, okay, proceed with your jokes. And <laughs> he got off the back mic, and I'm like, um, okay. <laughs> to this day, that's one of the weirdest things. Yeah, well, it happened. <laughs> so, how long... How long... How long... had a couple of those. I mean, I've never I've never thrown the mic down or anything, but I've had a guy come up to the stage like he was going to do something and uh yeah. and you know, that's kind of and it both times that's happened there's been like friends of mine in the audience that were either on my college or high school wrestling team and I was like yeah. I was like you can come up here if you want, but there's some people in the audience that'll whoop your ass. <laughs> I got some buddies here who drag your ass outside, motherfucker. I promise you. And they they sat down both times. <laughs> yeah, uh, switching gears. Uh, how how did you get into uh, motocross? You're you're huge in the motocross. Man, it's just motorcycles. Period. I mean, I, it, you know what it is. Honestly, it's just it's almost like I'm going back and and uh, experience my childhood. And it it, 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 and it it connects to comedy in the sense of I look at it like uh, okay, you know, you know, when you we've been counting for a while, doing our thing, kicking it around. And lately, and lately, I've just been like, you know what? I don't know how long this is going to last, and I want to enjoy it. So it's like, I've always loved motorcycles. You know, like, I got a motorcycle off in third grade, and remember that. And so, you know, then you do comedy on the roads. I couldn't really have a motorcycle. I was the only one. So when I moved back to the Midwest, I go, you know what? First thing I'm doing is getting a motorcycle. And I got a motorcycle, and it just, it's like, I, I fell back in love with my first love, is what it's like, man. Seriously. It's like, yeah. it's like, it's like. I found Facebook and I found my high school love and we and we fell back in love. That's what it was like, man. And now it's like you name it, all things motorcycle. It's me. I mean, honestly, the reason I go to Europe is to watch a motorcycle race, just to watch it. And it's and it's just opening my. And honestly, if it wasn't motorcycles, I don't know where I'd be right now, man. Because it's like that's my saving grace. I've been so frustrated with my career and comedy and, and what we just talked about. So yeah. motorcycles are my saving grace. It's like you know what. But it's all of a sudden, I'm like, fuck it all. I'll get my motorcycle, and I'll, and I'll ride to a gig. And, and, and it sounds like nothing, but man, riding to a gig now on a motorcycle as opposed to a car, it's like, yes, I can listen to 
music on my headphones. I can, you know, the smells and just on a motorcycle. It's a, that is my sin, man. That is my sin. And it's like, and honestly, man, I, it's really saved me and it's really, it just gave me a different perspective on life. And that's true, and that's true, man. So it's like, I, when I came back to the Midwest, that was the one thing I really wanted. And I knew if I stayed in LA, I never could have got a motorcycle. So man, that's one of the saving riches of moving back to the Midwest. Yeah, you know, I, I, I've never really ridden motorcycles. I never grew up on them or anything. My my dad always had one, but I'm not going to get into my dad. Um, <laughs> uh, but you know what I... This sounds like, this, sounds like this, is so, this is so cathartic for both of us in a way. <laughs> this, honestly, like I didn't think about all these things until you just started, we talked about it. I go, man, okay, you're right about that. And about the, yeah, so... It's kind of funny you say that, man. I think I needed this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> well, I appreciate you being on it. I, uh, I've never really ridden motorcycles, but I fucking love wave runners, dude. I, I want to move someplace where I can go to the lake. I, I want to retire on a lake, so somewhere where it's warm and I can ride a wave Every time I ride one of those things, it's hard to say ride a wave runner. You sound like fucking Elmer Fudd. Ride a wave one <laughs> But I just want to wish some place where I can ride the wave one and weed and white and. <laughs> I'm with you, brother. Seriously, man. But yeah, you get a little you get a little older, and you're like, man, I I don't, you know, I don't give a shit as much as I used to about like being famous and all that stuff. Especially when I go to like Hollywood and I go down to the comedy store and some of the people that are getting ahead, I'm just like. Okay, you know, I'm not going to fight it or be bitter about it, but what the fuck? If I have to do that and hang out with that dude or be like that <laughs> motherfucker, I'm I'm good, you know? Um, if I got to hang out with that dude, man, <laughs> you nailed it. If I got to hang out with that dude, oh my God. That was, I mean, that's what, that's what I'm talking about. I mean, it's like, but the weird thing is, I'm coming back out to California, like, because I, I want to act more. I mean, that's what I want to do. I want to act. I, I'm, I'm calling it a fool's run. I'm like, you know what? I'm going to pack everything up, and I'm going to go back out there, and hopefully I'm more focused, and, I'm, and I know what I want more, and I won't be distracted. And I got to get, I gotta give this one final, just all out, all in, maybe give it a year, maybe two, and see what happens. But uh, I'm with you, man. I just can't. It's, it's, it's like, yeah, it, it, what's important now? And like I said, the thing we have to cool thing about it was get to the motorcycles, and I can do that now. I can ride, I can, and, and that is my, that's my happy place, my catharticism, you know what I mean? And so it's like, when I think about moving back out to L.A., I'm thinking, ah, fuck, do I really want to, I don't want to get into this shit, you know? Because, yeah, being famous, yeah, that's not, so, it, it, that's not the thing anymore, but it's like, but I still, there's a part of me that wants to accomplish things, though. Yeah. You know what I mean? Well, and, and, you know, when you're really good at something, it's like, can sometimes I'll have shows on the road and I'm like, man, I, I wish somebody who could do something for me could have seen what I just did for a fucking hour. You know, like those nights where you just, everything you do, every joke hits the way it's supposed to and it's you walk off stage and you're like, God damn it, that's got to be worth something. You know, I mean, 50, 50, you, yeah. 50 minutes, I got to laugh every 15. I, I know what you're talking about. That's why, I mean, we're both kind of in the same place mentally, I think. Yeah. You know? Yeah, and so it's it's just a constant struggle. And what's helped me lately as far as my attitude before going on stage and stuff is is I, I still deal with nerves a lot, especially in Hollywood. And uh, But lately, I've been a lot better about it. And part of it is because I've tried to be more... 
uh, grateful for it and be like, you know, instead of getting nervous because Dave Chappelle's on stage at the comedy store, I think to myself, man, that's cool as shit that I get to go up in a couple and Dave Chappelle was up here. You know, that, 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 you know, you, you wouldn't be here and be afforded these opportunities if you weren't good at what you do. And that makes me less anxious and, and all that kind of shit, you know? But, but the trick is being able to stay that way. Cause man, Friday night here in Oklahoma city, and it wasn't even a big deal. Just a couple of people in the audience that were just bugging me. I mean, I was ready to quit that night. And then Saturday night, and then Saturday night we had great shows and, and, uh, had a good conversation with Larry when it was over. And I walked out of there going, man, I love being a stand up comic. But 24 hours later, I was like, man, fuck all this. room for it man i swear to god one time i got and i've only got a handful of these a handful of even partial standing ovations it cracks me up when i hear people say oh i get blah 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 standing o's and then i watch them i'm like because you manufactured that motherfucker you basically ask them to stand up you know i've seen so many of those i'm like a manufactured standing o ain't a real standing o motherfucker anyway I got a partial standing ovation one night in Oklahoma City, and the next night, the very next night, they stared at me like I was selling them fucking insurance for 45 minutes. <laughs> you know? And I was just like, God damn this room. <laughs> so thank God this time on Saturday it ended up good, because there's been times where like, on there was once when we did a Sunday show and this dumb drunk bitch walked out, and she goes, she goes, that guy sucked. And I go, are you talking about me? And she looks up and she goes, yeah, you sucked. And I was like, you need to get this bitch away from me. <laughs> and the last time I was here, a guy came up. A guy came up to me and he said, uh, he goes, you were funny, but. And as soon as he said, but, I go, you need to get the fuck away from me right now. <laughs> He was trying to tell me, tell me, he was getting ready to tell me, uh, I'd seen some of your stuff on the internet and all that. I'm like, well, that's how it goes, motherfucker. Sometimes you're going to see a minute or two that you've already seen and you're just going to have to deal with it. <laughs> I, anybody who listens to my podcast probably thinks I'm such a dick. Well, we need to talk more often. Are you really thinking about moving out to back out to LA? Because I I need people to hang out with. I don't hang out with that many oh, people. Yeah, man. Yeah, because uh, honestly, it's like it just sounds like nothing. But man, it, okay, along with the motorcycle, it's like the last three or four years. Like I moved in, I got a roommate, and she uh, she let me move in with, with her, her and her kid, 
and that made the biggest difference in my life. And it's like, and I was thinking, I'm, the, I'm one of the few people that my age who don't really have anything to hold them back. So people are like, why don't you move back? And, and the biggest thing was, I'm finally happy with my life other than Tom. Like, and like I come home, even though granted, I got a small room I stay in, but I get to, but you know, I got a motorcycle, I, I cut the grass, I play with her kid. You know, it's like, and, and little things like that sounds like nothing, but man, I couldn't have done that in L.A. So that, that's, that's the only thing that's only back. But like, now it's like, okay, I got to make this move. And I remember, and I was having a hard time trying to tell her that. And then last week, literally last week, she texted me and she goes, hey, we're going to have to move because of blah, blah, blah. It's probably sometime next year. Are you going to move with us? And that's when I broke it up. I go, you know what? I was thinking about leaving. I didn't know how to say it. So I guess, you know, now the good time is any. So, yeah, I guess, you know, we'll just say our goodbyes. And basically, so, yeah, so that's, and that to me is what did it for me as far as, like, I told her. So now, yeah, so now I'm, I'm trying to get the ball in motion, uh, the wheels in motion to move, yeah. Well, cool, man. I mean, I selfishly hope that you do because, like I said, I don't, I don't hang out near enough. And part of it's because, you know, down in Hollywood and all that shit. And part of it's because I don't, <laughs> I don't really have that many friends to hang out with, you know? Like, I, I have a lot of acquaintances, but, um, you know, not a lot of people understand my mentality in Hollywood. <laughs> and uh, I think you would. And I'm redoing my garage, um, and I'm putting a fucking wrestling mat in there. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, it's going to be, uh, I'm putting like a 10 by 10 in there, and... Uh, I'm putting all the shit that's in the garage in the shed behind the garage, and so it's just going to be a fucking, basically a laundry room and dojo. <laughs> yeah, so. Yes. Yeah. What do you, what do you, what do you weigh these days? What do you weigh these days? got about 20 pounds on me 25 pounds but uh we can work out man and uh you know it'd be fun you know i wish more places had open mats because i would go do that shit all the time my shoulder's kind of fucked up right now i can't really hit duck unders and shit without feeling like a geriatric but um Yeah, I, I got a pretty good pretty good one and when I was in college we had this guy named Chris Dupree and this dude was such a great wrestler. He he uh he once stayed his senior year in Oklahoma, he stopped a guy from being a four timer in Oklahoma. That's how fucking uh I don't know the guy's name, but he stopped a four timer in the semis. He beat the guy in the semis and then went on, went on to win it. And this dude was stoned all the time bt all that he was like i gotta be high when i wrestle and this motherfucker was so good and so slick and uh and he had the he had this sweet little duck under and i just started watching him and that's how i mainly learned how to do shit was i would just watch other people and try to mimic it and right. and i mimicked that and man after that i just i love a fucking duck under <laughs> Dude, ain't nothing like a 
like yeah, duck. a beautiful duck under there. It's it's about the sweetest takedown there is. And there were certain guys on my college team that I could hit on every time. So when we wrestled, I was like, oh, I love wrestling this motherfucker. I'm gonna look like John Smith, <laughs> goddammit. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, I, I, I wish that I could. Uh, uh, some of these guys, I've been to the world championships and all that, man, and it's like watching fucking legal kumite. These guys are just assassins, dude. Uh, I mean, to be able to wrestle at that level um, would be like a, it'd be like being a fucking superhero, in my eyes. Seriously, I was in junior college. We were at an open tournament. In, in Garden City, I'll never forget it. This motherfucker wrestles unattached, which right then and there I knew I was about to get an ass with it. Anybody wrestles unattached <laughs> in an open tournament, and you're in junior college, I mean, uh oh. I mean, they're getting ready for the Olympics, or they're getting, or they're being redshirted in a four year school. Either way, that, that never, it never worked out in my favor, right? So, yeah. man, I just remember he said he's getting ready for the Olympics, and this dude, honestly, I cannot describe the quickness. And I mean, and I think, and I tried my hardest, and I still took an ass whooping, and I go, man, I mean, it, it, I, I can't describe, like, I stepped on the mat, and that's all I really fucking remember. Like, it, it didn't really hurt, but it, it was over so quickly, and I was like, what the fuck just happened? That, wrestling somebody of that caliber, man, I mean, it, it's mighty fucking blowing. It really is. Dude, when I was in college, my very first college tournament, I may have told this story on my podcast before, but they'll have to deal with it. I can't remember if I have or not. <laughs> um, I went, my first college tournament, I, I looked at my bracket, and there was a guy that when I was in seventh grade, he was like a senior in high school, and he was a badass. He's like a three-time state runner-up. He never did win it, but he was a fucking beast, and uh, we all looked up to him. Well, I went to my first college tournament and uh, looked at the bracket, and I was like, he is a redshirt senior by this time, and I was like, shit, if I win my match, I gotta wrestle Brian, and Brian Roberts wins his match, I gotta wrestle Brian Roberts, so in my head, I'm like, fuck, I gotta wrestle my childhood hero, so I win my first match, and then I go and sit down to watch Brian Roberts proceed to get his ass kicked by 12 points, <laughs> and, I, and now I'm like, okay, so I was scared to wrestle Brian Roberts, and now I got to wrestle the dude who just worked him like a fucking rib. <laughs> and so I went out there and I was... I, <laughs> you Yeah, this dude, this, I don't remember his name, but he took me down, I think, 13 times in one match. And I don't think I got taken down in thir I don't think I got taken down thirteen years in in all of high school, including practice. <laughs> and this dude beat the shit out of me. I mean, he was just. I was like, "Am I wrestling John fucking Smith? Who is this guy?" And that motherfucker didn't even win the tournament. He got his ass kicked in the finals by some other fucking mutant. <laughs> Dude, who got beasted by another dude? It's like, why does it fucking stop? 
<laughs> it's crazy, man. I mean, even at the, you know, to make the Olympic team or the world team, people have no fucking idea how insanely hard that is to do. I mean, the average person just has no clue the amount of studs you have to go through to even make a team, much less win a fucking medal at the world championships. So when I hear people talking shit on XYZ, I'm like, man, sit down and shut the fuck up. You don't even know what you're talking about. And he's a five-time world and Olympic champion now. He didn't even medal in the Olympics. I mean, that's when you go, what the fuck? I mean, yeah. Not only yeah. that, he got tech-falled by a guy who he beat at this year's world championships, but that's the mental part of it. Like, after he knew that he wasn't going to win gold, you know, his yeah. mind was like, well, fuck, that's what I came for. We're done, you know? Yeah. And, yeah. and then he got... Reason, and that reason ain't no more, so, hey, fuck it. Yeah, when I was in 8th grade, I was undefeated going into state, and I hurt my knee like the week we were supposed to go, and then I lost in the quarterfinals to a guy who I'd beaten twice that year. And I remember walking around that night on that knee instead of sitting home and icing it. I remember walking around thinking, if I walk on this motherfucker enough, maybe it'll get hurt enough that I can't wrestle at all tomorrow. <laughs> and I woke up the next day, and it was okay, and I was able to wrestle, and I ended up wrestling back for third, which I'm glad that I did now, but... At the time, I remember thinking, you know, I didn't come here for fucking third. Fuck this shit. I'm out of here. <laughs> you know? I love that. Yeah, man. I mean, yeah, I love that shit. You know what? Just, just talking now, it, it's so refreshing because nobody, and I mean this from the bottom of my heart, nobody talks that way. Everything's such a pussy now. Nobody talks that way anymore. And it's so refreshing to hear that. It's, I mean, honestly, it's like, now, you know, you got the participation medals and this and everybody talks all nice and sweet and it's like, I, oh my God, it's, it's so, honestly, it's just so refreshing to hear that talk now. You know, like, yeah, it, it, yeah, I didn't come here to fucking walk around, I came here to kick some ass. Uh, well, my favorite, my favorite thing now is, you know, I came here to Super Bowl gun to kick ass and I'm all out of bubble gum. You know what I mean? Yeah, I met Rowdy Roddy Piper. I fucking love that dude. Oh, I, mean, he... I really do. And that's the way, and honestly, like I said, until, until my, until my hips got all bad and shit, I, I was, and I was doing jujitsu, man, and jujitsu bought that shit. But you know what brought it back before that? I was watching, this sounds so cheesy, but if you know me, I'm a cheesy motherfucker. But I went to go see Ron, Rocky Six with Balboa, when he said, yeah, I got you, I got you stuff in the basement. When he said that, that hit home for me. I was watching that movie, I remember, I was, I was watching that movie in fucking Dayton, Ohio. You can't get the shit in that. I was watching that movie in Dayton, Ohio. And I go, yes! And that, and that was what was, you know, like, like, even to this day, there's a void in my heart where you just won't make competitiveness. You like, you like, like, I like, you know, maybe get hit in the face or just, you know, throwing, you know, I mean, not, not to be a dick, like, you know, you tell to fight in the park and all that kind of shit, but I mean, just, you want that kind of competitiveness. And when he said that in that movie, that struck home, and, and that was when I started doing jujitsu, and that fucking filled a void in my, in my life for at least the next five years, and so... Oh, dude, I, I people think I'm kidding when I say this, but my, but, and, you know, this sounds awful, I guess, but fucking Rocky movies taught me more about how to be a man and what to do in life than my dad ever did. <laughs> 
I know every line of every Rocky movie, every fucking one. I could do any character that they needed me to do. If they had a play and they're like, we need you to be Paulie. We need you to be the meat guy. We need you to be the fucking big black dude. I'm like, I'm there. I can do it. What do you, what scene, motherfucker? <laughs> honestly, you know what, though? Honestly, it's like, it sounds cheesy, but fuck you, man. It, it really, it's true because, at least I don't know about your situation. It's not like you got some shit that still need to be felt or done. But it's like, this would be my dad. It's like, yeah, because, you know, I reached that stage in my life and, you know, we went through, you know, I'm, yeah, I'm a typical teenager, but I, like my mom, like my mom said, you think you do the damn thing. And my dad, you know, we, we had our ups and downs. I mean, I always still loved him, but he had our ups and downs. But, you know, my high school wrestling coach and rock and, and just in Rocky movies taught me, like, okay, you know, you get knocked down, but you get back up again. You fucking fight. And, and honestly, my high school wrestling coach and my dad probably were the biggest, um, is the is the biggest influence in my life, man. And it, and, and it may sound cheesy to some people, whatever, but it, it's the truth. And they taught me, like, yeah, I didn't want to listen to my dad, but that's my high school wrestling coach. And then Balboa taught me, like, yeah, man, it's okay to be older. And instead of getting on a motherfucking, uh, you know, sitting on a rocking chair, just, oh, I'm too old, I can't do this. Fuck it, man, go out there and, and try to, you know, throw somebody or try to choke somebody out of this matter. Try to fucking, you know, I mean, whatever. Just stay, you stay active, man, until I can't fucking walk anymore, until I decide, okay, I don't want to do this anymore. Yeah, I get, I get honestly kind of worn out with people crying about, not really crying about it, but even making jokes about, oh, I'm getting older and turning into shit. And I'm like, that's, that's on you, motherfucker. That ain't just because you're getting old. <laughs> You know, yeah. bend down and touch your goddamn toes. When's the last time you did that? You know, like you, you know. Oh, your back hurts. Well, when's the last time you stretched your hips? You know, fucking high school. You're 43 now. Goddamn it. You can't. You know. Yeah, you're gonna get older if you don't do shit. If you don't even try. You know that kind of stuff. Kind of. You know. And and that's. I don't know. People don't really understand that mentality anymore. But I roll my eyes a lot, and 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 I. I don't know how many times a day I go. Fucking pussy. <laughs> Man, exactly. I mean, yeah. I'm with you. And not to be, not to sound like I'm trying to be a tough guy. But it's funny you say because we grew up in a different time, but because we grew up that way, I think we're really softer on kids in this generation now because of what we went through. That makes any sense. Sure. Like, like my roommate's kid. My roommate is fucking great, man. She's a. Uh, she, she's lesbian, right? And I mean, she's like, she is an old school mentality. She's younger than me. She's like 20, probably 29, 30, I think she is, right? And she, uh, she's old school mentality. I mean, she's, eventually she's about my age, but she's younger. And whenever her kid acts up, she has no problem with me. She goes, discipline him. You know, we'll hit him. But I'm like, I can't do it because I go back to what my parents did that moment. It's my mom did to me. And so I can't do it that way. But I think that's why this, this, this generation is that way because we had it hard. Yeah. Yeah, there's... We don't want to subject the kids to what we went through, because, I mean, I'm not going to lie, like, I think I've told my mom, I, I no, my mom told me she loved me twice, and honestly, I don't remember the first time, but I do remember the second time was last year, and it threw me for a loop, I was like, what the fuck did you just say? And, you know what I mean? It's like, that was weird. I go, wow, that was weird. So, you know what I mean? We're doing great now, but yeah, that was the time, I was like, man, I fucking hate her, and I went the fuck out of it, and... And I'm, I never said I hated my dad, but we went through it too. But then now, fucking love them now. I mean, I, I can't wait to see them now. But and I think that's why I mean, people and parents are so fucking soft on kids now because we had it so rough, and maybe that's why we're pussies now. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. Um, um, Justin and I were talking about 
um, Justin Leon and I were talking a few days ago about having, he's going to have a girl soon. And, uh, he was like, you know, I'm glad I'm having a girl. Cause I, I really think I might be too hard on a boy. And I, I don't know. I think I may, may be too, not like abusive by any means, but I, I, I certainly, I certainly wouldn't be able to put some of the shit I see, you know, I sound like I'm a hundred, but some of the shit that I see, <laughs> you know, parents letting their shit care kids get away with i'm like god damn you're just trying to raise a serial killer over there you know <laughs> well exactly dude i mean you fucking nailed it i mean you know what i wish there was a, like a god i wish there was i'm, I'm sitting there talking to you thinking i wish there was a way we could broadcast it and and have like guys of our generation talking and how it's not really a bad thing to hear this shit now you know we want to bury a lot of shit underneath the rug well i should speak and show that hey there's still people out here like us who are out here and think this way and it's okay you know what i mean yeah yeah well man uh this should help i mean i've got dozens of listeners so um <laughs> So uh, all your dreams are probably gonna come true after this. After this, bar, after this is uh, released. So I can't, dude. I can't fucking wait, man. Honestly, it's like it's so refreshing to know that. Yeah, I wasn't the only one that before uh, a, a comedy show. I would, I would seriously jump around like I'm, you know, like I'm on deck at a at a, at a fucking wrestling match, you know, or think or think wrestling mentality. You know what I mean? It's like that's just the truth. And I, like I said, I'm still taking. Supplements that are, you know, uh, quote unquote, you know, they're supposedly legal, wink, 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 but it's going to help my stamina just in case I decide to, you know, do what I do. Well, and I, so, man, it's, it, it's great, though. I love it. I love that you uh, said that about the, uh, I still got some stuff left in the basement because I entered a uh, wrestling tournament a couple years ago in Kansas and I couldn't do it because my, my shoulder was too fucked up, but uh, uh, that's what I that's what I said at the time when I when I told when I told my brother I was like yeah I entered a tournament he goes you did and I was like yep see if I got anything left in the basement (laughs) Rocky movies are great man even even part five which by all accounts you know is probably the weakest Rocky movie even that one had some kick-ass lines like when he was like yo you knocked him down won't you try knocking me down now I was like if you don't get If you don't get tingles when he says that, I don't want to know you, motherfucker. <laughs> you know, when it went, uh, the beginning of my podcast is when Adrian says, there's one thing I want you to do for me. He's like, what? When? And whenever she says that, dude, every time I see that movie, I just get tingles all over me. And I'm like, so I'm cheesy as fuck, too. So I'm right there with you, buddy. Did you say you like dirty feet?
the, with their feet and the and the, the bottom of their feet were just black from the asphalt for some reason when I was in fucking second, third, fourth grade. I don't know why, but it kind of turned me on. It's, I know it's kind of weird, man. No, man. <laughs> What's weird is that I completely understand what the fuck you're talking about. I said, what's weird is I completely understand what the fuck you're talking about. There's something, there's something about it, like a little bit of dirt on the bottom of a foot. You're like, that's kind of hot for some reason. What's wrong with me, goddammit? Thank you. Thank you. See what I mean? It's like that, I've always felt like a little bit, like, just like that kind of, I, I, hey, you know the best, the best way to phrase that? I don't know who, I don't know what country song it was, but he goes, I like my women kind of on the trashy side. Just a little bit, not like all the way where you got to go. It's it's once you once you do that you know it, even even uh, you can do that with everything. I got a ticket not too long ago and they were trying to they were trying to charge me twice for it. And it was like four hundred fucking dollars and and uh, instead of two hundred, which is already bullshit. And then I called <laughs> so I called the lady and she was like, okay, well I'll see what I can do. I explained my story to her and uh, and and when she when she hung up the phone, I was oh, instead of being pissed off about it, I was like, God. Whatever happens, I'll accept it. And I hope I don't get it. I don't hope I don't have to pay double. But if I do, I'll accept it and whatever. And she called back a few minutes later, and it was fine. You know, once I decided I don't give a shit either way, I'm not gonna let it fuck me up. Um, it was fine, and the outcome I wanted happened. But even if it wouldn't have, I was okay with it. You know. And sometimes when you, when you can do that, it's just. But it's it's just harder. You know, it's like being in a in a depression. You know, like you can't really understand it until you're in that motherfucker. Um, yes, yes. <laughs> you know. Yes. But because when you're in it, you feel like you will never get out of it. But then the sun comes up and you do get out of it, and you're like, oh man, I, you know, it's sad that some people kill themselves before they get out of that before they see that. But I can also see how this is t- totally taking a different turn. But I can see how people. <laughs> I, I can see how people do end up fucking offing themselves if they were in that for like years, you know? I'm like, man. Yes. You know? Yes. And you know what? It's funny. So I was thinking the same motherfucking thing. It's like, now I kind of can see. Like, it's almost like a song by, um, 
buy a black crow and see a thing for the first time. It's like, now, yeah, we, we, I would always want to think like, you know, you kids all up a coward way on this and that. And only recently I go, you know what? I kind of can understand that. I kind of can. I kind of can. Like now, I understand now. I remember years ago, I watched Dominic Wilkins get married. He was crying. I go, why the fuck is he crying? What a pussy. Now I get it. Like I, I understand now why a man would cry to get married. I, I get that. But I, I get now why a man would stay single the rest of life. I understand now why a man would go to a prostitute. But back in the day, I was like, eh. I don't think I can do that, but I understand that now. I understand why they would do that. Now, I understand now, in a way, why somebody would kill themselves, man. I mean, it's, I get that now. I don't, I'm not all, uh, like, I used to be like, oh, yeah, they're towards way out. This is, yeah, hey, trust me, man. Trust me. That's, I get it now. That's part of what is so frustrating about people on social media judging the fuck out of each other. I'm like, man, we all have our shit and the reasons we act the way that we do and things that people don't know about us and why we act, you know, Everybody's yeah. living their own fucking, you know, every, life is a bitch for everybody, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. And you never know how someone grew up or what they dealt with or if they were abused or, you know, you can't look at, yeah. you know, you can't just look at somebody and decide that shit. And, and I see a lot of that these days and uh, more so than ever. And it's just fucking, I don't know, man. But I've had a really kick-ass time talking to you and uh, we've, we're already at an hour and probably nine minutes so uh we should probably wrap it up but uh we'll do it again man not only not oh yeah not only will we uh um do this again but we need to start talking um more often because i think we'd probably be good for each other bt <laughs> <laughs> Is uh, yes. is there anything that you would like to plug or anything, any, your website or any of that stuff? Anything, man. Anybody follow me on uh, if you follow me on my Twitter and my Instagram at funny man six eight six nine funny man six eight six nine funny man six eight six nine. Also, and I'm on my YouTube channel. If you like motorcycles, if you just like life, I mean, I think my pictures, you see my pictures, I think my pictures show how I like to live my life. It's you know wrestling motorcycles on Friday, hot chicks with big tits and. <laughs> and uh, I'm just regular man, but you know, I'm also trying to put it into uh, inspirational sayings, and so you know, I, that's my main thing. I, I got a new website that's supposed to be up, and the dude I'm talking to, I'm not gonna lie, I'm kind of frustrated with the whole thing, so I'm not gonna plug that just yet because it's, it's not where I want to be. But and I also have a new, uh, I got a new CD out that I'm happy about. If anybody, if anybody likes it, yeah, hit me up on Twitter, uh, direct message me on Twitter, funny man six eight six nine, funny man six eight six nine. Yeah, that's pretty much it, brother. All right, buddy. Well, I really appreciate you being on. I had a great time talking to you, and uh, let's stay in better touch. Oh, dude, thank you for this, man. I, I think what, yeah, I needed this, man. I'm glad I had somebody to talk to, man. I really mean that. They know where the fuck I'm coming from. You bet, so, buddy. Thank you. Absolutely. It'll be up uh, next Tuesday, not tomorrow, but the following Tuesday. I look forward to it, man. Hit me up on a, you know, a message or something, or, or post on my page so I'll know to tell people and, you know, you know, get it out there. Definitely. All right, brother. I appreciate it. I'll talk to you soon. All right, guys. Thanks, man. I appreciate it. Bye-bye, BT. Okay. Well, hell, that was fun. I really enjoyed that. Uh, you know, it's not often that uh, that you talk to people who, you know, who know exactly, you know, that's the longest he and I have ever talked. I mean, we've always gotten along good, and I've always, you know, liked BT, but that's the longest we've ever talked, and I'm glad you guys could hear it. And uh, 
Shit, I feel like I we became even better friends just because there was things I didn't know about him and vice versa. And uh, so, yeah, hope you guys enjoyed that. And uh, go to timgathercomedy.com. Check out any upcoming dates I've got. Uh, makingithappen.com, always to help little Bo Macon. And uh, check out my buddy BT, funnyman6869. Also, please continue to uh, like us and uh, subscribe on iTunes and all that other business. Give us positive ratings. And uh, I'm going to play us out with a uh, song from my buddy Josh Heinrichs. This next weekend, Springfield, Missouri, October 6th, I'm going to be doing the uh, the Springfield Reggae Festival, and he is a badass. And so here's a song from him, and thanks for listening, guys. Appreciate it. Bye-bye. We got time for one more song, y'all. The song's called Ganja. California, nice. Ayasa, nice. Straight from the country records camp, you know we don't run. Yeah. Yeah. We're gonna go Give me the balance, give me the balance I need in my life. Your feet smoke it every day, day, day. Yo, you know it's the herbs, a lot of supreme food and education. Oh, yes, Babylon. Oh, and they just made a geyser. In my life, I can't wait no longer. Full year with no smoke, so the eye feels stronger. Man, I can just smoke with some composer, writing songs for the vets and police. Them flying helicopter, moving bulldozer, Mr. Law Enforcer, your system searcher. Out of Babylon, we come to make a departure. Take a bus, we take a
William. The girl says, eh? So someday, our people will see. They won't go see. Yo, you know, you know, we're not hurting no one. just minding our own privacy. Yo. Yo, you know, cause Kanja is the world. Thank you so much. My name is Josh Hines, Mr. Galinja, and Stranger. We got 14 of you from next. 